0: our topic today is digging wells, and, uh, or you could say digging generational wells. Let's go quickly to Genesis 26, verse 12 to 33. At this point, Abraham has passed away, and Isaac is taking over, and Isaac is now enjoying a bit of the blessing that he has inherited from his father. Verse 12 says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and ripped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Huh? For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of hides and a great number of servants. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But herdsmen of Gera quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of that place Esek, because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one as well. So he called that place Sidna. He moved, he moved there and dug another well and they did, they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Bathsheba. Continue, and the Lord appeared to him the same night. And the Lord appeared to him the same night. I am the Lord. I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and mightily. I will bless you and mightily your descendants from my servant. And multiply, sorry, your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servant dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzar. If you ever need a name for a company, there are many, they are floating around. One, <laughs> one of his friends and uh, Phil Chol. Huh? That sounds like... Uh, Nilot of sorts, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to him, Why have you come to us since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, Let there, be, let there now be an oath between us, Between you and us. And let us make a covenant with you. That you will do no harm. You will do us no harm. Since we have not touched you. And since we have done nothing to you but good. And have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast. And they ate and drank. And the next day, then they rose early the morning and saw an oath, swore an oath with one another. And Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace. Verse 32, it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servant came and told him about the well which they had dug and said to him, we have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Bathsheba to this day. There are so many wells going on. And I asked myself, what was it? What was the logic of Abraham always digging up wells? Did you notice that? What are the two things that Abraham did a lot? and Altars and wells, altars and wells, altars and wells. You could say he was just a herdsman. You could say he was a man of many flocks. His wells actually outlived him. Because we can see that Isaac is still benefiting from his wells. In fact, the Philistines have covered them up. Then Isaac has to come and dig them up again and set them up. We could look at it on the surface of it and just say, well... The man had flocks. What did you want him to do? Why didn't he settle down in one place at just one well? Abraham was the man who had been promised, as Pastor preached this morning, a land somewhere, isn't it? So he's in transit, but he's still digging wells. Is he planning to come back? Do you know what it takes to dig a well? You who have grown up around taps. Don't even know what a spring is, huh? Your water comes piped, sanitized, huh? Purified, super refined, cool water. There's something called a well. There's something called a well. And a well to be done, there's a lot of digging, a lot. Think about a borehole. I think a borehole will be the closest we can relate to it. Think about a borehole. There's a lot of digging. By the time you come to the lower levels of the earth to find the water, it takes a lot of strength. And yet Abraham still does it. So when they dig up the well, they build around it, isn't it? How many have seen a well in their lifetime? Something that looks like it. Even the one at the museum, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Eh? Something that looks like it. At least you can say, yeah, it's something like this. As a bucket that goes down and comes up. You know? If you have seen a well, you know that it's not something that just comes by itself. And yet Abraham kept on building and digging. Building and digging. A well needs maintenance, isn't it? Otherwise, if it floods, then it's no longer useful. How do we preserve the water on the inside? Can I say something to you today? There are things that you can build for your family. There are things that you can dig up on behalf of your family. So that by the time we speak of Isaac being prosperous and prospering, that's a sentence that has many prosperities in there. That is a guy who is not poor. Isaac is harvesting from the effort. Isaac is harvesting from the sweat of his father. And yet he doesn't stop there. He continues digging up. What are those prayers that need to be done by you? That when your children come by the same place in life, they will find water. What is that research that needs to be done by you? That when your people come to that place in life, They will find water. Or are we going to be like the kind of people who find water and cover it up? There are things, there are wells that have been built by your father. There are prayers you know. This one, mom prayed. Mom worked so hard to get this. And yet we watch the Philistines fill it up with earth and do nothing about it. We watch corruption wiggle its way into our families and do nothing about it. There are prayer altars that your grandmother started. But now that she's passed, you who used to lead these prayers? And whose blood runs through your veins? Who was she doing it for? For you. There are wells that have been set by your elders. There are wells that have been set by people. A ministry like this is a well that someone has worked so hard to build. Are we going to let them die? No, we are not. And that's just a well. I like the conversation that goes on between Jesus and the Samaritan woman in John chapter chapter 4. Let's go there very quickly. John chapter 4, verse 6 to 14. We'll come back to Isaac. Let's first go there. John chapter 4, verse 6 to 14. We can start from verse 1. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had had. That he was was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact it was not Jesus who was baptizing but his disciples. Verse 3. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son To his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus tired as he was. From his journey. Sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her. Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town. To buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him. You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Now Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the lady said, You, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? So this well building thing is a legacy, isn't it? Yeah? There's a thing that Abraham's family was well known for. Wells and altars. Okay? We continue. Verse 13. Everyone, Jesus answered, who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And you know the story or welling up to everlasting life in some of your versions. And you know the story. But there's an interesting thing here that there's a way your, your family can have a lifeline that is not just limited to the things you know. We like to, to work so hard and establish a, a, a money trail, so to speak, so that when our, fa- when our children come to this point, there's some um, insurance. Somebody say insurance. That's our version of wealth today, isn't it? Education policy, you'll be stopped by the different insurance companies today. And they're telling you, uh, have you do you have a life insurance? Yes. Do you have, what about an education insurance? You say yes. What about insurance for the appliances in your house? The person is determined to sell insurance to you. Why? Because it's become a lifestyle, isn't it? To establish, to throw your resources ahead of you. Or to throw your resources behind you for the older generation. But I want to tell you something. That Jesus introduces another thing. That the resources that we might throw ahead or behind will run out. But there is a resource that He can give you that will be not just a well. The difference between a spring and a well is that a spring, the water is flowing. It's not limited to that spot. But a well, it's in that spot, isn't it? And yet He promises that it will not just be a spring. It will go all the way into everlasting life. What kind of water would that be? The kind where you never thirst again. The kind where you don't need a bucket. The woman asks, What do you have to draw with it? We have systems in place to link us to the things we have built over time. Some of us cannot worship unless there is someone on the keyboard. Say hallelujah. Those are buckets. Some of us cannot pray unless we are in a secluded place. Some of us have come up with all sorts of things to make that connection. We need something to draw all these things. And yet Jesus promises that the water he gives to us, the answers he gives to us, the solutions he gives to us will, will not just be for us, but they will flow out to other people. I want to ask each one of us, I hope you have paper and pen, do you? You have paper and pen? Can you kindly write down three things, and we are going to pray about them. Write down three things that you want to do for your generation, for your lineage. A thing that you can pass on to your children. And don't tell me I want to build a house, because that one can be accessed by the Philistines. Do you know the Philistines? Do you know the Philistines, team? like the bank, you know, when you default... <laughs> when you default on your loan, they fill it up with us... Huh? write down some three things... three things... that we, we're going to pray about that today... what is this thing, this legacy I want to leave for my family... what is this lifestyle change... what is this habit... what is this thing in my spirit... That I want Lord. The same way Abraham set up altars and wells for his children. We see even Jesus sitting at one of Jacob's wells. A lifeline for his generation. A lifeline for the people ahead. What are those three things that you want to do? And we are going to pray about them. Our lives must not just be lived in, in view of ourselves. But a legacy only makes sense if it goes ahead of you, if it outlives you, actually. Amen? Have you written them down? There are people whose pens look like eyes because I'm not seeing any pens. I'm just seeing eyes going up and down. I'm assuming they're writing on phones. There, forgive me. Yeah, I'm used to paper and pen, you know. Three things. Three things that we want to seriously take time and pray about. Take your time. Take your time and think about it. Remember, a well needs to be dug. A well needs to be built. And a well needs to be maintained. It needs to be dug. It needs to be built. And it needs to be maintained. Okay, now, we continue. Write down another two or three things that you think have clogged up the other wells that you have received. How many grew up in a family where there was prayer altar? Some kind of prayer altar, some family altar, and if it's like once in six months when grandma calls all of you, you know, you know, something. There was prayer in the family. Not just before a wedding, you know the one for rural show, like yeah, you have that. How many can think about as a culture that you received that is worth preserving? You know, we rush to the altar to receive, and yet we haven't maintained what we've been given. We rush to the altar to ask, Lord, give me. And Lord, give me. And there are many other resources within our reach that have not been maintained. Or have not been built. The Bible talks about Isaac building or his servants finding another well. He did not sit idle like a spoiled child. He continues with the father's father's legacy. And that's on the face of it. How many things have we received at this altar that we need to maintain? How many things have been spoken in your life that we are not doing anything about? I see a well with grass growing on the side. Grass coming out from the bottom. The water is green, but it could have been maintained. Sometimes the water becomes green because algae has grown, because no one has drawn water from it. Because if that water was always being drawn out, the algae wouldn't have had a chance to grow. So it's not that the water is not there. It's that you've not accessed it. How many have asked their parents, What did you see when you used to pray for me? What promises did God make when you used to pray for me? I see people who have wells around them, but are not drawing from them. You have relationships that would otherwise grow you, but you're not drawing from them. And yet we look for another well. We have altars around us that we are not maintaining. May God have mercy on us. As we get rid of the Philistines, as we fight for more territory, can we maintain what we've been given? Can we maintain what we've been given? Can we connect with what we have available? Can we focus on building? Every place that you access is an opportunity to put up an altar. You know that. Every moment you sit with someone. We could sit and gossip for a long time and the stories are endless. Or we could even take just the 15 minutes and say, you know how good, how good God has been to me. That is an altar. We don't build physical altars anymore besides this one. Because we carry them where? In our hearts. Have you finished writing down? You've written down something? You've written down altars, you've written down wells, you've written down something that you want to leave behind to somebody. Are you willing to share with someone else about it? Mmm. Mmm. Accountability is key. Accountability is what? Is key. Accountability is key. If nobody knows it was supposed to be done, it will never be done. Cindy, I don't know if you're like me, and see Molly smiling quietly, eh? happy that nobody knows what she's supposed to do. Why don't you stand up on your feet, kindly? Stand up on your feet. The first thing I'd like us to do is to repent for not being good stewards. I'd like us to repent for not being good stewards. I'd like us to take time and think of all the things God has given to us. That we've taken for granted all the opportunities. We speak of asking for the nations. And we won't even take charge of the territory we've been given. We speak of, Lord, expand my reach. Use me, Lord. And yet He expects us to be good stewards of what we've been given. How much time is wasted when we could have done more. When Jesus combated the bread and the fish and multiplied it, he said, collect what was left. He was not wasteful. Collect what was left. The Bible says they collected 12 baskets. Lord, as we come before you, we ask, O oh God, that you have mercy on us for wasting, wasting the opportunities we've been given taking for granted the opportunities we've been given. We look to you today, O God, for mercy. Open our hearts to see that which has been wasted, to see that which needs maintenance, to see that which could have been dug up. Lift up your voice to the Lord today. Just speak to Him. Just speak to Him. The Bible says that He chastises the one He loves. He rebukes the one He loves. He corrects the one He loves. And I pray that even as we go into this area, we'll take it on with love. Lord, we ask that You have mercy, O God. There are ministries that have passed through our hands that could have been better, but we've let them slide, O God. There are opportunities that we could have dealt with well, but we've let them slide, my Father. We ask that you have mercy on us, oh God. Have mercy on us, my Father. There are people we could have helped, but we let them slide because it was inconvenient, oh God. Father, I pray that you make us the good Samaritan, that you make us the blessed ones, oh God. Help us to be like Isaac receiving a legacy and keeping it growing not allowing it to die my father. Help us to receive it with grace. Help us to receive it with strength. Help us to receive it with a vision my father that will not let it die oh God. Open your heart to the Lord this afternoon. Open your heart to the Lord this afternoon. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There are people with relationships that could have ended better. There are people with relationships that could have been managed better. An apology could have saved a lot of trouble. Some resources could have been managed better. And yet we cry out, Lord, have mercy and give us more. In this moment, Lord, there's access we've been given to opportunities to minister, to opportunities to do business, opportunities to serve, opportunities to stand by someone. And yet we've not been faithful. Lord, we ask that you have mercy. We have allowed the Philistines to clog the wells that have been built over a long period of time. We have allowed the Philistines to take over the legacy that we have received After blood and sweat. Lord we ask for mercy. Lord we thank you this afternoon. For Jesus. We thank you this afternoon for Jesus. You came to redeem. You came to restore. If you are out there and you are thinking you wasted a lot of opportunities. This message is not to give you condemnation but to make you wiser in your decisions. This message is to call you to work much harder than you have before. For a day will come when you need to dig another well. A day will come when you need to establish another well. A day will come when you need to fulfill another task. Lord Jesus, lift up your hands everyone, if you may. Lord Jesus, would you say that after me? Lord Jesus, we come today asking for mercy for the opportunities we've wasted. We receive your forgiveness. We ask, O God, that you open our eyes to new assignments, O God. But as you do that, my Father, Show us the ones we already have. Equip us to build. Equip us to maintain the opportunities that we have. Equip us to build. Equip us to maintain the opportunities that we already have. In Jesus' name. Why don't you clap for Jesus?